are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. This morning, I want to speak on the subject, Coronaverse. Coronaverse. We cannot escape its spread. This coronavirus, this sickness has just rapidly spread through the world. But its grip on our conscience, our considerations, and our conversations has been equally profound. We cannot escape its ever-present reality. It has changed our lives in almost every conceivable way. No one living today has an experience that really compares. You sit in your homes today experiencing church in a brand new way because of this coronavirus. Your kids are going to be learning for the next several weeks from home because of this coronavirus. Schools are closed. Colleges are closed. We're concerned about things that last week, last Sunday, we weren't concerned about. Nobody was asking last week, can I find toilet paper? This week, that's a problem. Maybe not as lighthearted But your employers are scrambling to stay in business, working out a variety of scenarios to stay operational should employees get sick, need to stay home with children, or if somehow there's a financial downturn, what are they going to do? Entire industries have ground to a halt. Who would have imagined that the NBA, NHL, PGA, And MLB would be shutting down. Businesses like Disney canceling movie premieres and shutting down their cash cow amusement parks. And we've been asked to be socially distant. Visiting our elderly relatives in nursing homes has been halted. Visiting family members in hospitals has been halted. Some argue that it's an overreaction. Some argue it's not enough. I am not going to make a stance on that today. But what I think we all would agree is that it's on all our minds. I do think it will pass, hopefully soon. And I am an optimist that it won't be as harmful as our collective reaction would tell us it could be. However, this is our world for the foreseeable future. It's our new universe. It's a world changed by one word, coronavirus. It's our coronavirus. History is 
littered with dramatic moments that changed life for entire societies, generations, and cultures. A world people had come to know and be comfortable with in just a moment would suddenly be flipped by events outside of their control. The Second World War forever altered life as people knew it around the world. My grandparents in Germany who were once a part of families with houses and lands in a moment would be forced to give up their properties and would be forcibly marched through the night, put on rail cars, and forced to work in labor camps. The world changed. It changed how we communicated. It changed how people worked. And it changed how people went to school. More recently, the events of 9-11 changed the world. It shut down air travel for two weeks and took the world into a war that has residual effect today. Fear, uncertainty, and anger flooded the hearts of those who experienced that Tuesday morning. Today, we live in a different world because of those events. We travel differently. We interact differently. We handle money differently. 9-11 changed everything. There are many other events that we could identify that changed the world, but I think we should first understand that the world is subject to change. As I mentioned in my message on March 1st of this year entitled Predictable, our world is subject to change without notice. However, we also believe and find peace in knowing a God who is predictable, a God who is not subject to change. Malachi 3.6 says, for I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Psalm 33.11 says, the counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. You can count on God's counsel. You can count on God's wisdom to get you through times like these and any other you may face in this lifetime. No matter what changes around you, God's wisdom is predictable, God's love is predictable, and God's peace is predictable. There are two examples in Scripture that I believe you can turn to and give us that can give us direction for our day. Example where God's people had their worlds flipped and their lives completely altered. First, I would consider the example of our brothers and sisters in the first century. In spite of their incredible experience with God and their newfound faith that saw them be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Spirit of God with evidence of speaking in other tongues, they were not received by their culture and society with open arms. Rather, they were shunned. And because of this, their lives were severely distressed. They lost their homes. They lost their jobs. They were forced to live on the run, forced to rely on the generosity of others. Life changed. Acts chapter 8 describes 
this moment in history in the early church when it says, now Saul was consenting to his, Stephen, a believer's death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried uh, Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation. They were devastated over this. And as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prayer. This was a tumultuous time for the church. The early church did not ask for it, but they were thrust into a moment which everything in their life was flipped around and altered. And while this would have been traumatic and difficult on the early church, it would not be a surprise to them. When Jesus' disciples asked him about the end of time, Jesus was very clear. He was clear that the world would go mad before the end of the world came. Jesus did not predict an eternal earthly utopia. In fact, just the opposite. Jesus would tell his disciples that their world would be chaotic and unstable. He said in Luke 21, 8, take heed that you do not be deceived. For many will come in my name saying, I am he, and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. In other words, during this hysterical time, you're going to hear about a lot of solutions. And don't go chasing conspiracies and predictions, but put your trust in God. In verse 9 says, Jesus said, but when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified. For these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences. It literally means diseases or plagues. It is describing a pandemic. And there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. This is the world that Jesus said would be found before his return. And so it's hard as we come to this moment in our history. It's hard not to pay attention and be distracted by the madness that is happening around us. We've been thrust into a moment that is completely outside of our control. But here's what I feel the Spirit telling us and urging us. I feel the Spirit urging us to consider a question. It's not a question of should we go through troubling times or should we face chaotic cultural shifts. The question I feel compelled to ask and try to answer is what kind of people did God call us to be in uncertain and changing times? For the early church, their response to persecution 
Their loss of homes, the beatings, the separation and isolation of friends is found in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 8 verse 4. It says, therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Two key words, everywhere preaching. Not somewhere, not in one location. They didn't lock themselves in a cave and hope that it all passed away. They went everywhere. And their response to the upsetting of their comfortable life was to not sit in silence, but to preach the word, not to preach their political opinion, not to preach their medical opinion, not to preach their financial opinion, not to preach their educational opinion, but what the world needed more than anything in a changeable world was something that was unchangeable. And the only thing that's unchangeable is the word of God. And so I feel compelled Ask us today, how should we respond in our corona verse? How should we respond in our current predicament? There are two ways that I believe we are called to respond. Number one, we are called to live courageously. I would suggest that we should be a people who are at peace with God. Sure, we don't know what happens tomorrow, but we know who holds tomorrow. Matthew chapter 6, it was referenced in our Kids Land video. But it says, and I want to read it for you, and I want you to hear it. I want you to turn to your Bible. I want you to pull it up. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spend. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry. What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles, the unbelievers seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. And so he says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. There's enough worry to go around about tomorrow. 
I encourage us to live courageously in this day, not freezing in fear over tomorrow, but living courageously in this day. I still hear the great Solomon, the proverb saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Don't be swallowed up by fear. I am not suggesting that we ignore medical advice. In fact, that's why we're experiencing what we're experiencing today. We are not going to go over and pick up snakes and drink poison to prove Scripture. We are not to test God in this way. We're not going to be foolish and put ourselves in harm's way, ignoring sound medical advice just to prove that God is a protector. But just as we would not touch a hot stove just to prove God is a protector, I would encourage us not to just tempt and to try to to prove that God is a protector by ignoring medical advice. Jesus reprimanded Satan for trying to tempt him. So when I say live courageously, I am not saying ignore medical advice. However, I do believe that we are called not to live in fear of what is unknown, that we can still live in this world courageously and live our lives in a way that can, can have an impact in other people's lives. And the second thing I would tell us is to love continually, to love continually. In Luke chapter 21, when Jesus gave that list of things, And he says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Or that's in Matthew. But in in Luke, he tells them that they will lay hands on you and persecute you and deliver you up in the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. He said, you're going to face adversity. But then the next verse says... Therefore, he says in verse Luke chapter 21, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for a testimony. He says you're going to experience all that that persecution has, all that that uh, turmoil presents. But he says right after that, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. I want to tell us today that this experience is an occasion for a testimony. Your testimony of God's peace is powerful in this time that we live in. This is a moment not to sit in silence and add to the hysteria, although it's okay, I'm saying, to express our doubts and our fears But understand that God puts us in these environments so that we can have an occasion of a testimony. In Matthew chapter 5, 16, it says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. When the early church faced their persecution and when Saul started throwing them in the prisons and dragging out men and women and persecuting them, It says, therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. So I say, don't let 
our scatteredness and our isolation silence us. I pray it emboldens us. I do not believe that what we are going through is persecution or tribulation. That's my opinion. Some have taken a position that the government is persecuting us. I would argue that this is not something that only the church is facing, but every sector of society is facing. So that's why I say I don't believe that it's persecution. That's not to say it couldn't turn into an opportunity for persecution. But I don't believe at this moment that Christians are being unfairly targeted. I also believe that this issue will pass, hopefully sooner rather than later. And with this, I think, though, we should come to a point where we wake up. Let this moment wake us up to call us to a place that we can maybe change some things in our life, that we can do some things in our life that puts our trust and our hope in God. Because we know that while things are chaotic and they're uncertain right now, we know that they can change again. And just like 9-11 served as a wake-up call, I would remind the church to wake up, to be alert. If you are distant from God, I encourage you to draw near to him. I encourage you right where you are to bow your knee in prayer, to ask God to make a difference in your life. Tell God that you surrender to him and ask him to forgive you to get right with God. I encourage you to be obedient to the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to repent of your sins, to be baptized in his name, to be filled with his spirit. In Acts chapter 238, I encourage you to read it. We realize Peter gives instructions about what we should do when we are uncertain about our salvation. And so if you want to be baptized, I encourage you to contact us. We will baptize you even though we are not having service. If you want to be filled with the Spirit of God today, I believe and I know of stories of people who have experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues right in their home. And you can experience that today. How do you experience the in filling of his spirit, what we understand is that we worship him. We surrender our hearts to him. We tell him we love him. We tell him we worship him. We can use words like hallelujah, which simply means to give God praise, to give worship and praise to God from our hearts. And sometimes tears flow in our eyes. And sometimes we uh, uh, feel something we haven't felt before. But I promise you today that you can experience this infilling of the Spirit. And that experience comes and our words begin to change and we begin to speak words we don't 
understand. And this is the evidence that God's spirit is living on the inside of us. And you can find this experience in the book of Acts. To the church, this coronavirus and this coronaverse we are living in should give us a sense of empathy for people who gather in secret. Should give us a heart of compassion for those who live around the world and every day walk in empty stores. Should give us a soberness as we consider our brothers and sisters who face orders from their government on whether they can gather together for a service. This may be only a temporary change for us. And maybe it doesn't change us forever. But I believe that we can use this moment, this experience to evaluate our hearts in light of what we know God has said will happen in the last days. In Luke chapter 21, Jesus continued and he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of life, and that the day come upon you suddenly like a trap. This may just be a test. This may just be temporary. But I would implore you today to let it be a wake-up call. That the day, the day doesn't overcome you suddenly like a trap. But Jesus said, for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the earth. But Jesus said, but stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. We live in a coronaverse, a world gone mad, but a God who remains good. So what is our response in this coronaverse? Our response is to live courageously, to put our trust in God, to not be afraid. And our response is to love continually. Who knows about God's peace in your life right now? Who are you encouraging? Who are you helping? Who are you walking through this scenario with? I encourage you to love like you've never loved before. Because the question is not whether we should go through this, not whether government overreacted, not whether government hasn't done enough, but the question is what kind of people did God call us to be in uncertain and changing times? Jesus told his disciples, he said, that when the end of time comes, here's what you should expect. You should expect the crazy. You should expect hysteria. 
you should expect chaos. But Jesus says something that I think each of us should hold on to today. And I will call it our Corona verse. I'm changing my use of that word. It is what we should understand and center our hearts on as we consider what we are facing. I would call it coronavirus because I would suggest that this is our Corona Bible verse. Write it down. Tape it on your mirror. Put it on your refrigerator because it's the coronavirus. When Jesus explains all the craziness that will go on as the end of time comes near, he doesn't say that the chaos will destroy the church. He doesn't say that it's going to stop the work of God or that it will silence the word of God. Jesus simply says, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. So let me tell you what I think God's desire is in all of this. I'm going to re-quote this verse. But it, the coronavirus, will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. But the coronavirus will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. I invite you now as we come to a close. I'm going to read a passage of scripture that again was referenced in our Kids Land video. I invite you to open your Bible to this passage. I'll give you a moment. Psalms chapter 56. Psalms chapter 56. Verse number one, I want us to read it together, and I'm going to encourage you to read it out loud with the people you are with. It's written by David when the Philistines had seized him. He was in a place that was out of his control. He was in a place that he didn't ask for, he didn't want to be. But someone made him be there. He says, be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me. All day long an attacker oppresses me. Verse number two, let's read together. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God, I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? All day long they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife, they lurk, they watch my steps as they have waited for my life. For their crime will they escape in wrath, cast down the peoples, O God. You have kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know, that God is for me. 
In God, whose word I praise. In the Lord, whose word I praise. In God, I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will render thanks, thank offerings to you. For you have delivered my soul from death. Yes, my feet from falling. That I may walk before God in the light of life. That I may walk before God in the light of life. We are not hiding in a corner. In this coronavirus, we are not hiding and hoping it passes over. No, we're walking in the light of God. In this life, we are walking in light. My prayer today for us is that we would have the courage to live. And we would have the capacity to love consistently. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.